You sisters know that my skin has been glowing lately, and I'm here to tell you my secret. Oak Essentials. You've heard us talk about their line of luxurious products before, and we're so excited to have them as a sponsor of OK Sister Podcast because now you can join in on the glowy goodness. You know Oak Essentials is legit because it was created by none other than our favorite brand ever, Jenny Kane. Oak Essentials is known for its simple approach to self-care with a lineup of foundational skincare staples made with high-quality ingredients that drive results. It aims to unlock healthy, glowing skin with decadent and hydrating ingredients that give you a luxe, dewy glow. I won't shut up about the Moisture Rich Balm. It's a nutrient-rich balm that supports collagen production and delivers serious hydration for a luminous glow. And a luminous glow indeed. The way my skin feels like butter after applying this balm. This balm will make you never want to wear makeup again. And you can apply generously during your night routine to lock in moisture as you dream. It's the definition of beauty sleep. Treat yourself or someone else this season. You sisters will get 15% off and a free organic honey-based restorative mask with their first order. Oh my God, what a deal. When you use code OKSIS15 at checkout. That's right. 15% off plus a gift with your first order at O-A-K-E-S-S-E-N-T-I-A-L-S.com. Promo code OKSIS15, OKAYSIS15. Go ahead and treat yourself. From luxurious skincare to meaningful self care, you deserve it. Welcome to OKSIS. We are two cultural observers and curious minds who happen to be related. I am Scout. And I'm Maddie. Get ready for some serious sororal energy as we chat about and comment on one another's current fixation of the week. OKSIS. Hello, and welcome back to OK Sis. Hi, sisters. I'm Scout. I'm Mads. And we are the sisters behind OK Sis. We are. And we are now in Scout's super cute apartment. I know. Didn't we do a good job with it? In San Diego, yes. It looks like something out of Architectural Digest. Oh, my God. You just made my day. I'm looking at this little succulent over there. Oh, yeah. Do you see how it's moving towards the sun? Isn't that cute? Oh, my God. Did it grow that way? Yeah, it's growing towards the sun, so it's, like, slanted. Plants are alive. Um, Yeah, duh. We have so many plants in here. Adam's, like, a huge horticulturist, so... I love that word. Well, that's what he is. He used to work at the horticulture lab at OCC. Oh, my God. That's where he, like, got all of his... Like, we have a huge cactus on our patio. We have a little bonsai tree. We have two other cactuses. Eclectic mix. We have an eclectic mix in here. We got it going on. A collection. Yes, we have a collection. You collect plants. And he's the one that takes care of them. I definitely don't do anything. Oh, I have... Everything I have is fake. Yeah, it's a good idea. Yeah. And you can't even tell the difference, to be honest. You cannot tell one difference, and I do not have to worry about it at all, and it's going to last me the rest of my life. It's unbelievable. That's a genius idea. I know. Little life hack. If you want real cacti, come on over, because we got a few going on here. (laughs) Okay, let's do the word of the week. Okay. So this week, it is a Swedish word, which I thought was cool, because on our episode with Natalie Suarez, we talked about, how do you pronounce it? Yeah, we still don't know. I also, like, was looking it up, and I saw the pronunciation and totally forgot about it now. I think it's Heige. Well, we're on a Swedish kick, so this week's word is fika, and it means a moment to slow down and appreciate the good things in life oh that is yes that's something that we all need to work on what do you like to slow down and appreciate Mm. i would say for me morning coffee in bed with my husband Aww, isn't that cute it's the best i think um i think just like slow down and appreciate like my meals i think that's something that's really i always am doing something else while i'm eating yeah, it's important it's a to really eat good, mindfully. It's a really good practice to just eat. My boyfriend is really good at this, where he'll simply eat and savor the food and eat slowly and really take it in, rather than like being on your phone or watching TV while you're eating. And mm-hmm. um, so that's something I would like to do. Um, but yeah, just I guess everyday moment, just slow the fuck down. Yeah, it's nice when you have those little moments to yourself. Those moments usually come to me in the morning when I'm like away kind of before I've had all my coffee I had like this little moment to myself which Mm. I love so much yes beautiful yeah very very euphoric I like that yeah um oh a little update on my um aluminum free deodorant oh yeah how is that going journey journey 
So, um, yes, I did schwitz a lot if uh, all of you guys were looking at my um, Instagram stories. But Bloom did DM us and they said that you are supposed to schwitz more than normal for the n- next two weeks as your body is adjusting. It is also not an antiperspirant. Is that a problem for you? Yeah. So, which is, okay, like, maybe my body just needs to adjust, so we'll see what happens in the next two weeks, but it's not an anti-Schwitz deodorant. But does it preserve the odor? Yeah, so that's that's what she said. She said, if you don't smell, then it's working, but if you're schwitzing, that's, that's, it's Your body's, like, detoxifying. Yeah, and it's also not an antiperspirant, so you're gonna sweat, and I was like, Yeah, but you kind of need an antiperspirant. But I think that's what the aluminum does is yeah that's why it's so bad is because it's blocking your sweat glands well let's see what happens in two weeks yeah if it works for you if it works for you in two weeks i'm gonna give it a try i will say the smell there is no smell oh that's so that's good i don't smell good i just don't smell okay okay. do you know what i mean yeah yeah yeah. with my other one i like i smelled like flowers because yeah it was but i hate the smell of deodorant oh my god the one i used to have was so fucking good but you know what um if this isn't just gonna prevent me from cancer, then I'd rather do that. Yeah, let me try it. I'm w- I'm gonna wait a few more weeks to see how it's working with you, and then if you report back even better things, then I'll give it a try. Okay, great. I also heard that the Kopari natural deodorant is really good. It's supposed yeah. to be really effective. There's also another one called Mega Babe that people are obsessed with. She also has a boob sweat stick I need and that. a inner thigh chafing stick. No, I need the under boob sweat because I have huge boobs. Oh my god, wait. Scout, you need to get. You watch Shark Tank? Yes, I watched. Did Shark you Tank. watch that girl that has the titty towel? Yes. You need no, that. No, I don't. I'm need getting it that for I don't sweat after I shower, so I don't really like. I understood it, but like, I don't need it. I don't sweat after I shower. Oh, I am sweating for hours after I shower. Oh, I never do. So, but I don't, I don't have it. like giant tits like those girls, so like I don't really get it. And I never wear a bra, so I like need under boob sweat protection. Maybe you need this titty towel. Just no, wear it under your shirt. It's too bulky. You can see it under your shirt. It's way too I'm bulky. Joking, but like, just you know what? We're gonna we're gonna get it for you. Oh, great! And, <laughs> and I want to see you oh my wearing God, it. No. Your house is all glass windows. windows, and everyone's gonna see your titty towel. Okay, well, we can <laughs> just skip right past that, please. Oh, my God. <laughs> Anyways. Um, okay. So this episode, we talked to our good friend, Ariana Berlin. She has the most inspiring story. Maddie and I were in awe when she was telling it. Like, I literally was almost in tears. Yeah. It's pretty mesmerizing and gripping. And She went through so much. She got into a major car accident, which changed the course of her life. She was on course to be an Olympian gymnast. Mm-hmm. Um, and her story is just a comeback story. Like, what she's been able to accomplish since that car accident is so inspiring. Yeah, it's very inspiring. She's an incredibly gritty person, which is probably one of my favorite characteristics and that I find in people. Very polymathic. Oh yeah, dude, she's probably the most polymathic of Pol- all. Yeah, she really that we've is. had on the podcast. The amount so of far. interests and things yeah. she's like excelled at. She was just insane. like, oh yeah, and then I, I just like took a sommelier class because I like wine. I'm like, when the. When do you have time to do all this? I know. She's like, and then I was a film minor, so then I was like traveling the world with the soccer team, uh, U.S. soccer. I was like, what is going on? There's just I so know. many different little buckets of her life, and it's fascinating. It's a really good episode. I think you guys are really going to enjoy it. Yes. Um. So listen on. Stay humble. Be inspired. Do we want to do a little pop culture update? Oh yeah. Um. So probably you guys know Priyanka Chopra. And Nick Jonas got married. What did you think of her dress? Which one? The one that she wore to the ceremony, yeah. I mean, she's beautiful, obviously. Yeah. I didn't really like the high neck thing, but... I loved the train. Oh, my God. Oh, yeah. unbelievable. It took, like, eight people to handle that train. I want want that type of... I want, like, all the attention on me. I want the biggest train. I want that. I thought it was interesting that everybody in the ceremony was standing and not sitting. The whole time? Yeah. Oh, I, how do you know all this? Because I watched the video. Oh, dear God. Okay. Oh, for once, I'm up to date again. Well, I watched a little bit of the video, but I'm just so uninterested in this story. I think it's a publicity stunt, in my opinion. I know, but we also have to be a little respectful. I know we read the blinds, and it's all supposed it's like an arranged marriage and yada yada, but... It seems like, I feel like the only reason why I feel like it's not is because they went so full on out. Like, they had a whole weekend celebration. They had an engagement yeah, party. They had a bridal at, shower. Well, look at what she's getting now. Cover of American Vogue. 
Yeah. Um, just like all these things. But um, no, The Cut wrote an article about it being fake. And then Joe Jonas and Sophie Turner retweeted and was like, this is disgusting. Like, how could you guys ever write something about this? Like, oh, are we so assholes? Da, da, da. Yeah. But I mean, it depends if you just let if you believe conspiracy theories or you don't. Is what it comes down to. I don't right know. Now. I'm kind of in the middle. Like one day I think it's fake, and the next day I think it's real. Me too. I mean, l- from seeing the video and seeing like their Vogue video, which like was kind of awkward. The one where they like answer questions about. Oh, one I didn't another. see that one. Oh, it's a little weird. It's a little. It's a little lock. Hmm. Okay. A little okay. unsettling. But anyways, so maybe it's fake. Um, I just mourn mourn my first uh, Love. celebrity crush. Yeah. You I were was a Joe Bro head. obsessed. I was like with the girl, the Jonas. Well, brothers. I was the girl like outside of their hotels, waiting for them to come. Oh outside. Remember when they were weren't they in New York? And we went outside their hotel and waited for them. Okay. And I, I made I, you I, and mom do it with me. Oh my god, that was crazy. Like that's how much I was obsessed with them. I went to their concert and cried the entire time. I was front row. I was too old for the Jonas Brothers. Yeah, you missed you missed it by a couple years. Um, I was definitely I was definitely too old too. Like I think I'm I okay. was. I think I'm okay with not being. It was embarrassing. I remember I left. I didn't go to my freshman year high school homecoming because I went to a Jonas Brothers. Oh my concert. god, that's ridiculous. It was Although my friend Micah and I, um, one of our favorite songs to sing is Year Three Thousand. I know you guys love that song. That's we the love worst that song. one. I know it's the worst song the they've ever written. Love Bug. That is the best. That's a good Jonas song. Brothers I'll song. give it to you. I'll give it to you. I'm speechless, over the edge. I'm just breathless. Look at your voice. I'll never have with my sickness. I'll never you little cutie. Okay, I'm gonna go listen to that song again because I like that song. Okay, okay, okay. We're good. We're good. Thank you. Thank you for that. We can now move on. Oh my god. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyways, you guys are really going to enjoy this episode. It's a very yes. inspiring one, as we said earlier. And I think you guys are going to be mesmerized by her incredible story. She has a freaking movie after her life, which yeah, is guys. insane. I mean, get your shit together. Yeah, why, why has no one made a movie about our life yet, Mads? Because we haven't done anything yet. Yes, we have. The, w- the best is yet to come. The best is yet to come. I love that. <laughs> okay, enjoy, sisters. Enjoy. Sisters, my goal these days is to always look put together when I leave the house. Nothing over the top or super dressed up or anything like that. I just want to look put together and feel good about what I'm wearing in an effortless yet refined way. When I look at my closet every single morning and think about what I can wear that is chic and intentional, I usually end up grabbing one of my Jenny Kane sweaters and I always end up loving the way I look and the way I feel in them. You all know, sisters, that when I envision my highest self, I am wearing Jenny Kane. Their sweaters are the quintessential must-have item. I cannot stop wearing my Marina set. I throw it on and immediately feel like I'm in a Nancy Myers movie, like I could just walk on the beach in Santa Barbara. It is the coastal grandma aesthetic. My favorite Jenny Kane sweater right now is their everyday sweater in taupe. This is the definition of a staple that every woman must have in their wardrobe. Sisters, trust me on this one. I wear it with leggings, oversized jeans, and a little kitten heel or a silk maxi skirt. Legit, Mads and I are so obsessed with wearing our Johnny Kane sweaters that we've literally shown up both wearing the same sweater once, the white alpaca cocoon crew neck, which is this deliciously oversized sweater. Yeah, that moment takes the cake. Both of us walking in with our matching Jenny Kane sweaters. We're obsessed. Can't take them off. Wearing them every day. The type of staples that save your outfit. That is what I love about their entire collection. It is truly the art of simplicity. They focus on comfort, quality, and timeless designs. You can curate a wardrobe that never goes out of style. Find your new uniform at JennyKane.com. Our listeners get 15% off your first order when you use code OKSIS at checkout. That's 15% off your first order, J-E-N-N-I-K-A-Y-N-E.com, promo code OKSIS. O-K-A-Y-S-I-S. Let getting dressed be one less thing to worry about. Ever since having a baby, I've been extremely conscious about what I spend my money on and which products I use. And clothing is no different. I want my wardrobe to be sustainable, good quality, and timeless. You have to be talking about Whimsy and Row, right? Whimsy and Row is an LA-grown, eco-conscious brand born out of the love for cute, comfy, and classic styles. 
Every piece is made by women for women. Quality goods, local production, natural and organic fabrics. Yes, please give me all the linens. Just like OK Sister, Whimsy and Row is based on the idea that women are multidimensional. There's a balance of flirty feminine and minimal masculine in all of our wardrobes, and Whimsy and Row means exactly that. From special occasions to everyday effortless styles, their clothing is meant to mix and match and wear on repeat. I have been wearing their Kira pant in black linen probably three times a week. Sisters, if you've been listening to this podcast or following me on Instagram, you know that Whimsy and Rose Kira Pant in Black Linen is a sisterhood staple at this point. Founder Rachel Temko created the brand back in 2014 because she wanted to create an approachable and inclusive brand that cared for the people and the planet first. Get the full Whimsy experience IRL at their Venice location or shop online at whimsyandrow.com. Their store in Venice is so cute. I can attest. And if you're in LA, I highly recommend stopping by. They are always putting on these amazing community events. They just launched their spring summer collection and we will be living in it all summer long. Visit their website, whimsyandrow.com. That's W-H-I-M-S-Y-A-N-D-R-O-W.com and use code OKSISTER for 15% off. Ariana Berlin is a gymnast, dancer, and producer in Los Angeles, California. Ariana survived a devastating car accident in 2001, where the course of her life changed dramatically. From gymnastics, she moved on to dance. From dance, she got back into gymnastics. Her career as a gymnast at UCLA was also made into the film Full Out, where her dancing and gymnastic worlds collided. Now, she works as a producer and editor at Fox Sports. Ariana is strong, smart, and beautiful, and her story is an incredibly inspiring one. Without further ado, Ariana Berlin. What's up, guys? Hey, girl. Thanks okay. so much for having me. Yeah, thanks for coming You're on. Awesome. A little backstory: We've known Ariana probably since we were like two yeah. or, or three. Born. Or born. Yeah. I've probably known you guys we were born. when you were in the womb. Yeah, probably. Yeah, we're, sure. We've been family friends forever, so it's kind of exciting to get I know, because I feel like I haven't sat down and just kind of I know. picked your brain about everything. You just danced at my wedding and had some oh great, my God. you know, that was tequila so shots. Good. <laughs> Lots of tequila shots. That was such a good yeah, wedding. Oh, my God. Um, okay, so before we get into everything about you, let's do a round of current fixations. Okay. Scoutala. Okay, so I hope I'm pronouncing this woman's name right. It's Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. Um, she won the Democratic primary for the House of Representatives in New York. She beat Joe Crawley, who served for 10 terms. Uh, her campaign was like super grassroots. She did all the fundraising herself. And why she's my current fixation this week is because she's going to be the youngest woman slash person to ever serve in Congress in the history of the United States. Get Wait, it. what does she look like? She's beautiful. She's is she literally like a really young, like yes. hot looking yes. woman? Yes, I know exactly she who you're talking about. She is gorgeous. Her style's on point and I'm just so into her. She's, the only thing I'll say is she's a socialist Democrat, which I don't go that far down right. the Democratic hmm. line. Um, but it's just cool to see not only like the youngest person being elected, but that it's a woman. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And that, and that she like, beat someone so yeah, um, so established. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, so I just recently stumbled upon her. Instagram is super cool, too. Um, if you have a chance, go follow her. Um, when a coworker of mine introduced me to her, and I was like, this is a really inspirational story. And I'm, she's she's a Isn't badass. She, um, she's some sort of minority as well. I yeah, I think say. Latin American. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I awesome. think. Don't don't quote me on that yeah, one, though. Boy. Uh, yes, love that. Yeah, Good she's one. amazing. She's Good amazing. One. Okay, so mine is not as profound, but... My current fixation right now is dairy-free eggnog. So oh, my God. A little backstory. Uh, of course there's such a thing. We live in 2018. Okay, you're right. You're right. Um, so ever since middle school, I have been obsessed with eggnog because my best friend, but Noah. you're Jewish. I know. <laughs> I know. Well, I'm obsessed with Christmas, and I don't even. I'm, oh, like, okay. more obsessed okay. with Christmas than I don't think she's Christians. ever even celebrated Christmas, though. No, never. You're just obsessed with, like, obsessed everything with the, that has to I'm do with it. I'm obsessed with the commercial aspect of Christmas. And so, music. And what? And the music. Yes. Oh, <laughs> oh the music. Yeah. Oh, yes. Okay, I started listening to Christmas music like after Halloween. Like I'm obsessed. Um, anyway, so my best friend Noah and I used to binge watch One Tree Hill during our Christmas breaks. And we would just go to Starbucks and get the eggnog lattes because they're just like so cozy and they feel like you're literally drinking Christmas. Um, but now that my stomach is just, you know, really fucked up, I can't <laughs> drink. I can't take the heaviness of like the eggnog. So Whole Foods has a dairy-free eggnog with coconut milk. If you guys are looking to spice up your coffee. Does Starbucks have it or no? No. Uh, um, maybe you can get... 
maybe I don't know. Can you tell the difference though? You can tell the difference. You can, yeah, because it's not as heavy. It's like so it's in a good way. Yeah, it's in a good way. It's okay. still very very sweet. So I I can't have too much because it's just like it shocks your system. But but it just tastes like nutmeg and super cozy to start your morning. I don't morning think I've that ever way. had an eggnog latte. I mean, I can only get the tall size because it's too much. It's too much. It literally feels like you're eating a, a cake. Huh. I think I had eggnog, uh, eggnog once for my neighbors across the street, and that was when I was probably seven years old. And I don't <laughs> think I've ever had it again. I don't. Wait, think but I've did ever you have it, it Because it's typically supposed to be an alcoholic drink. No, oh, it definitely was really? not an. It is. Yeah, I've never heard yeah. of that. Me what, neither. What are you guys talking about? We're just Jewish Man. people. Yeah. Yeah. Eggnog, okay, <laughs> eggnog, eggnog <laughs> is traditionally like a holiday cocktail. I mean. Not the eggnog is part, but it has it goes in with like vodka or something. Egg, eggnog cocktail. It's disgusting, but like they brought in the eggnog part with like the nutmeg and the cinnamon into a latte, so it's like you mm. can have. Okay, it. we'll get an eggnog latte. By the way, have you done like a twenty three and me? Because I'm one hundred percent Ashkenazi Jew. Really? That's how, hilarious. How is that possible? My my <laughs> husband's mom did it, and she's yeah. also a hundred percent Ashkenazi crazy. Jew. What do you That's mean? How is that possible? That makes sense. <laughs> Like, how are you one like thoroughbred yeah. of one thing? I mean, I get it that it's, like, all, like, Eastern European countries. Mm-hmm. And kind Very of connected. Like, so, yeah, but I just thought that That's was crazy. So not even a percentage of me was anything, like, surprising or different. Oh, well, we but how is, how is the Judaism in your blood? That was what I don't understand. Like, why can't they say 100% Eastern European? Yeah, I... That, that's the other thing. It's like, is Judaism a nationality? Is it a genetic? Is it in your blood? Yeah, is it DNA? That, that was confusing know. to me, too. Anyways, I digress. Um, ours would be really all over the place. Well, because our mom's adopted, and we don't know, we where, don't she know where she from. came from. Yeah, ours Ooh, would be all over the place. That would be really we should do interesting. It. I don't think I knew that. Yeah. yeah Heather's adopted. babe is adopted. Wow. Okay. My grandma thought that she couldn't have kids, so she adopted two, and then she got pregnant for her third. <laughs> Yeah, no that's way. insane. Yeah. I, I always forget about that. Yeah. Yeah. Crazy. Okay, Anyways, your turn. Okay, your turn. Okay. So, food and wine is my current and constant uh fixation. Yes. Um I'm always on every single food blog you can think of. I got my like uh W set course certi- certification, which is like What's that? A sommelier certification Ooh. in level 2. Wow. Um, so it was like a five-week course, three hours a week of just pure bliss and drinking wine and learning the culture, and it was just absolutely incredible. Oh, that's I amazing. was just in Napa a couple weeks ago, and it's like my – I would retire there tomorrow if mm-hmm. I could. Um, yeah, yeah, you're, you're super into wine. Napa. Yeah. Well, I mean, when did this start? Uh, I mean, I started liking wine when I was younger, you know, obviously after 21, wink, wink. Um, <laughs> But I really started getting into it probably about, like, five years ago. Okay. Because um, mm-hmm. before, it's like you just drink it to get drunk, and you don't really care about the quality, and you don't, like, understand it. And then once you can maybe afford a nicer bottle or a nicer glass, you're like, huh, mm-hmm. this tastes a little different. And I feel like there's a progression. Like, when you're in college, you're drinking, like, white Zinfandel, and it's super sweet, and that's, like, yeah, no. delicious to you. Mm-hmm. And then you're like, okay, wait, this is kind of gross. Now let's try something new and different, and it kind of evolves. And then I just started reading about it and tasting, and I made a friend who was a, a sommelier at one of the restaurants in Beverly Hills, and we got really close, and he taught me, you know, everything he knew, and I threw multiple, like, wine parties at my house, um, so, oh, and I we would do that. blind tastings. That's so cool. Um, so it's just been... How many glasses of wine a week do you drink? Oof, I don't know. If I, don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it's raw, I mean... Um, We'll say one to two a night, so okay. seven to fourteen. Nice. Okay. Oh yeah. So you're, a wine no. you're a wino. You're a wino. No, you're okay. not an alcoholic. No, you're not an alcoholic. Don't okay. worry. I'm a. I'm a. Yeah. You I'm drink it. You drink it for you're pleasure, though. Like when I drink. Yeah. Sure. When I drink okay. wine, it's like yeah. I'm a clinical wino. We'll exactly. Call it. There we go. There we go. I like that. Wait, but I want to talk about the food aspect because, like, I I consider myself somewhat of a foodie yeah. in LA, but you are like a whole other level. So tell me, I don't, this is way too vague. Tell me your favorite Italian restaurants in LA. Ooh, Italian. Okay. Well, one that's really close to my heart is Medeo. Mm, okay. Um, because my husband proposed the night we went there, and oh. it's just an LA classic. It's, yeah. It's and it's amazing. just like so authentic and delicious, and just like screams old LA, mm-hmm. which is just amazing. Um, have you been to Felix? I have been to Felix. Scopa, delicious. Oh, haven't been to Scopa. Love Scopa. Okay. There's actually um, this place right 
kind of close to where I live. It's called Carmine's and it's been there mm. forever. And it's like this tiny little dimly lit, amazing place. Everyone who's worked there has been there for like oh 10 God. to 20 years. Like wow. the bartender, Steve, the, the waiters, Mike. And like you walk in there and it's just family. And they just, the, the wine keeps flowing. I don't even ask. And it's filled to the top. And oh it's my just, God. you know, such a homey Isn't Italian. Century City? Life. Yeah. Amazing. Is that where you live in Century City? Maybe, maybe not. I oh, yeah. We don't want to disclose. Sorry. People are going to, you know, yeah. stalk her. Well, why you What a good fixation. Yeah. yeah. I could talk about food. Old. I, I love know. I love LA. I love the food here. It's The turnaround is incredible. I mean, yeah. how many new restaurants? Like, every every week I'm getting, like, an eater, infatuation, yeah, yeah. thrillist, update. Totally. And I'm like, yes, yeah, let's I'm like, go. I know. I'm, I'm always, always looking for new restaurants. Okay. It's amazing. Most current favorite restaurant, go. Me? Yeah. <sighs> Turning it around. Yeah. Wow, this, yeah, this was, oh, God. Sorry, I didn't prep for this. <laughs> um, what have I tried recently? Um, I tried, um, like, what's your go-to? Yeah, that's oh a good one. Oh, God, okay, my go-to. I mean, in West Hollywood, I love, like, Laurel Hardware yeah, or Isabel. I, I love to go to. Those are fun spots. Yeah, so like really pretty. I also like a lot of, <laughs> I, <laughs> I also like, I like the, I like vibes. I, or I like the, yeah, she likes ambiance. Yeah, I, like I feel that. But I, but, like, Italian, I, I'm, I, if I go out, I usually go out for Italian. So, like, obviously, John and Vinny's is my Oof, number one, yeah, number one. So good. Um, Osteria Mozza or like Mozza Pizzeria. Ooh, I'm going um, there soon. Oh, Ooh, I so think I've only good. been there once. You've never been to the Osteria Mozza because okay. Dad took me there, um, and wish. Nancy Silverton was actually there, uh. and I, I actually started crying, and I was like, Dad, <laughs> I was like, Oh my God, that's that sh- that's Nancy. Like, I oh, so you gonna, watch I'm all those shows, out. like all the yeah, food of course, yeah, okay. I'm obsessed. Yeah, so same. my da- Dad, li- I was like, Dad, do not bother her. Like, she doesn't like when people come up to her. Da-da. He obviously gets yeah, obviously, up, Lee. goes yeah. goes <laughs> up to her, and he's like, "My daughter's here. She loves you." And I and she comes over to the table, and takes oh a photo God. with me. And I'm like crying. Oh I'm just God. like, That's "You're amazing. an LA staple. I love you." Anyway, so well. By um, the way, shout out to your guys' dad, Lee, because he is like my wine provider. Whenever I go yeah. over to your guys' like family events, he he always takes a photo of the wine that he's gonna open for me that night, and it's always like an incredible bottle like Dominus or something mm-hmm. like that has just been aged for like 10 plus years and it's like he's been waiting to drink it and he saves it and then I come over and he's like come here and he you guys don't even know this no we don't we're not privy oh, yeah, to this very like, secret yeah he gets me like the and he like <laughs> cheap stuff brings me downstairs to where your guys is like cellar yeah. is mm-hmm. and we open it down there we pour it we aerate it and then oh we go upstairs God. and try and like make sure it mixes in with all the other wines so uh, no one's like uh, <laughs> running oh after God. it. That is oh, amazing. Well, every now oh and then God. Lee will share a really nice wine with me and he always gives me the like, this is just for you and me kind of yeah, talk. I love that. Don't I mean, spread this around. I mean, that's what he and I do with whiskey. So like I just started getting really into whiskey and I feel like I got him into whiskey because it was I like. I think you did get him yeah, into whiskey. Yeah, I think he like just wanted to feel like he was part of the crew so like, <laughs> he he got into whiskey and him and i have like our special bottles that like because oh, he'll put cool. he'll put out the ones that everyone can drink or whatever but we have our little special bottle that we'll only take out when it's just him and i it's, okay. it's really well special. i need a yeah. i know you, yeah, need, well, you need a situation with Lee. you need a tequila. or something healthier yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or just like not I mean, alcohol like, no i want to drink with lee or something i want to drink with lee lee you're listening yeah. dad Let's get on it. Can we get a phone in? <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Okay, so let's talk about you. I'm so excited. So let's start from the beginning. Yep. How did you get into gymnastics? And talk about, like, the level of uh, of expertise you were at because right. you were going to go to the Olympics, right? Wasn't that was the that plan. Was the track? I mean, yeah. that was definitely the track. So I started when I was three, and I think I was just had a ton of energy. My mom, rela- my parents were just like, we got to tire this girl out. And I know my older cousin was in gymnastics. So I kind of like fell into that, did the mommy me classes. And I was just a daredevil and I just always wanted to try things. And I think I progressed at a pretty quick rate. Mm. And, you know, I was, I was, I think I was even too young to like start team or or whatever age you had to be like to jump to that next level. And, you know, I was just always, I, I was always the driving force. I was always the one that was just loving it. But my parents always made sure that I was, at a gym that was going to take me to that next level so that I was always progressing and I wasn't just in it, you know, to waste energy, but actually to, to get better and, and make something of it. 
And, you know, since I was really young, I want to say, you know, nine years old, um, the gyms in San Diego just weren't to the caliber that were going to get me to that next level. And my, my parents were like, okay, you know, it's time to find a gym that's going to, it's going to do that. And that gym happened to be in Orange County. So, you know, we're from San Diego and that's a really long drive. I mean, it's an hour and a half each way. And we didn't have other girls that were carpooling with us at that time. So literally, I mean, I was in, I think, fourth grade when I started this, fourth or fifth grade. And my mom would take me out of the San Diego Jewish Academy <laughs> at, uh, I think, like, right after lunch or maybe, like, the period right after lunch or something. And pull me out of school early four days a week, drive me to Orange County for a five- to six-hour practice, drive me back down, oh, and I would yeah. go back to school. And that happened for for six years. Wow. wow. Go so Sue, your mom. That's super amazing. mom. Like, who does that? That's Seriously. crazy. And it worked. I mean, I was progressing. I was getting better. You know, obviously, we, we jumped gyms here and there just to find the better coaching, the better fit um, for me. And, you know, um, yeah. So I was then, I guess, 14 years old. And um, I was I had just finished competing level 10. And I was now training for the elite level. Mm-hmm. The elite level is the Olympic level. So that was the plan. I'm like, I'm going to the Olympics and then I'm going to UCLA. So I had, like, a bunch of teammates um, growing up that went to UCLA, and they were kind of just people I looked up to. Mm. Do um, they have, like, a really good gymnastics program? Insane. Is that like, one of the best in the country. Wow. So we've won now seven national championships. Um, wow. And that's just huge. Mm. So I, I knew, because the people I looked up to all went there, and I'm like, yeah. okay, well, I'm going to go to the Olympics, and then I'm going to go to UCLA, and it's going to mm-hmm. be great. And, you know, I... At that point, my mom and I had switched gyms to Temecula, to a gym in Temecula. Mm. But our life for six years was in Orange County. So Thanksgiving weekend, I, am I, I'm already getting into the No, the get into thing. it. Okay. Oh, yeah. Get yeah. Okay. So Thanksgiving weekend, um, my mom and I were like, okay, you know, we always go shopping on, uh, shopping on Black Friday and whatever. And we we're like, okay, let's go do like a girls weekend up in Orange County, we'll get our hair done where we always get it done. We'll shop around Fashion Island, and we'll just do, like, a mommy and, you know, me kind of day. Mm-hmm. So I don't remember that morning. I don't remember waking up. I don't remember being in a car. I don't remember anything. I woke up um, in the hospital at the Children's Hospital of Orange County, and my dad was sitting in the chair um, across from me. I was in a hospital bed, and he was just, like, started explaining what happened. And I had no idea what happened. And he s- just starts saying, R, you know, you were in a, you were in a car accident. Um, you've been in an induced coma for the last five days. This is the oh. first time you're, you're awake. Um, you know, I had blankets on me. I didn't see any. I couldn't really see what I ha- my injuries were. And he started explaining. He's like, you broke both of your legs. You already had a surgery on one of your leg legs. Um, they, they inserted a titanium rod into your femur as an emergency operation. And uh, you broke your wrist, ribs, collarbone, both of your lungs collapsed. So you have oh chest tubes God. coming out of your your chest, your sides of your chest. And and then he's like, and and your mom's okay? And I'm like, wait, what, who? Mom was in it? What? Where were we? He's like, you were in Orange County. Was it on the way up or on the way back? Like, I just wow. had, had no idea. And meanwhile, I mean, the whole time, I w- so I was in the inten- intensive care unit. Mm. And my dad didn't want my mom to know, you know, that. I was on a ventilator, and he didn't want her to see me. He didn't want her to freak out. So he just told her, like, you can't see her, you can't see her. And I remember the first time I saw my mom, and she was wheeled in in a wheelchair. And for some reason, I didn't have a single scratch on my face, which was really weird. Mm. I was broken everywhere else. But if you looked at my face, you'd be like, oh, okay, you're fine. Except Mm. I had a massive, massive knot in my hair that literally took probably 24 hours of man man hours to, to knot out that hair and get it back. Really weird. Anyways, but when they wheeled my mom up, you know, her face was, you know, really, really scratched up and her eye was bloodshot. And it was just like, whoa, we Mm -hmm. that's kind of when it hit me. Like, wow, like this, this really happened. Like something pretty bad just went down. Mm. And then the recovery process was obviously a tough one. You know, it's you know, we were both in wheelchairs. I just remember going to the mall and my dad having to, like, pick us both up out of the car, no. put us in our wheelchairs, and then we both progressed to walkers, mm. and then we both progressed to crutches, and then we start walking, and, I mean, it was it was a process. And, you know, the whole time, I don't think it had hit me whether or not I was going to be able to do gymnastics again. Mm. 
And I remember then the doctor saying, like, I might have to get an ACL surgery. So at this point, I had already had, I think, two surgeries. Mm -hmm. So I had to have a surgery on my other on my other knee because I had lateral ligaments that were torn. But then after that recovery, then they they thought I was going to have to get ACL surgery. And when I went to the doctor, that's when the doctor was like, I I don't think gymnastics is in your future. And hearing those words, because I'm the most positive, optimistic person you'll probably Mm -hmm. ever meet. And like, even if I it's definitely bad, I don't I I see good. You know, like there's a there's like the smallest percentage that it might be okay. Mm-hmm. And when he said that, I, like a doctor, a person of authority who knows what he's doing is telling me that that's probably not going to happen. I just I broke down for the first time in that mm-hmm. in that doctor's office. And then, you know, thankfully, my mom was always. So you know, there's like there's the moms that force your their kids to do something because they're good at it. And like I told you before, I was always like the force. Mm-hmm. That, you know, I want you to drive me to Orange County because I want to get better. It's not like my and my dad would always say, if you don't want to go, I'm not going to have your mom drive drive you. Yeah, like it's, a th- lot. What, it's all yeah. this time and energy mm-hmm. and, and you don't want it. Fine. That's mm-hmm. fine. We don't have to do it. But she also really wanted me to have a well-rounded life. And, you know, from such a young age, being taken out of school and not really having your your typical social life for so many years. My mom wanted me to find other passions. Mm-hmm. And I always had a passion for dance. So I, when I was 13, uh, just a year before the car accident, my mom made a deal with the coaches that they were not happy about, that every Thursday she would take me out an hour early of practice, drive me down from Temecula, which was still an hour drive, mm-hmm. straight to hip-hop class, and oh. I would take a hip-hop class every single week. And I think that was so important for so many reasons. Like, mm-hmm. when I lost everything in gymnastics, I had dance. You know, when I couldn't flip or bounce or jump or, you know, pound on my leg because I was in so much pain, I could dance. And so when the, the recovery process to, tr- to at least try and go back to gymnastics was probably going to take a little bit longer, mm-hmm. I just started dancing. And I was on this troupe called Future Shock, which was like a 18 and younger dance troupe. I was actually on it before the accident and then came back after the accident. And then, you know, when I thought that I was getting stronger, I tried to go back to gymnastics and I was just in so much pain. So when you have a titanium rod in your femur, bone has some sort of give. A rod does not. Mm-hmm. So that bone to rod pounding all the time, it just zinged all the way up my leg. Mm-hmm. I, I, cu- I could do very limited reps. And I just wasn't able to progress the level that I had before. And I just I kind of lost my passion for it. Mm-hmm. And so... That was a really difficult decision, obviously, but I I quit gymnastics and I just started focusing on dancing full time. And life is so crazy and (laughs) you just never know who's going to come in and out of your life and the opportunities you get. And you really have to seize those opportunities. And one of those life changing opportunities was when I was dancing for. So then I, I auditioned for Culture Shock, which is the 18 and over troupe. I was 15 and I. I think I was one of the youngest that they let on the troop. And, I mean, everyone was 18 to 30. So I was around, you know, an older group of people that were just so talented. And, like, they took me in like I was their younger sister. And they were just family instantly. And through dancing on that troop, we got hired at SeaWorld to do, like, this. Oh, I remember that. Summer yeah. night stuff. Yeah. So... Remember when I said that, like, it was Olympics, then UCLA? Mm-hmm. Well, the choreographer and director of this SeaWorld show was Miss Val, Valerie Condos Field, head coach of UCLA Gymnastics. Wow. So, so I'm like, yeah. so I walk into this, I'm like, oh, my God, that's Miss Val. Uh-huh. And I'm like, this is insane. And at that point, you know, gymnastics was already off the table. And I was just like, this is just cool, you know. I I'm, I get to dance for her and perform for her because she was never she was never a gymnast. She came from a dance background, mm-hmm. so she choreographed and directed this show that encompassed gymnasts, um, rhythmic gymnasts, hip hop dancers, percussionists, and she put together this whole production. Mm-hmm. And so I danced for her that that summer. The next summer, we were we were hired back, and I. Went up to my dad, and I don't know if I actually believed that I could do this or what it was, but I just blurted out, like, Dad, what if I, like, asked Miss Val if I could be a part of UCLA program? 
Like, what if I went back to gymnastics? Yeah. And at that point, my dad's like, you know, R, like, you've been out of it. You were, you were pretty sure about being done with the sport and moving on. And, you know, with your injuries and stuff, he's, he's like, you know, if you really want to do that, all you have to do is ask. Just go up there and ask. So this was when I was 16. I was going into my junior year of high school. And it was the very last day of rehearsals before Val was going back up to L.A. And the show was going to kind of run on its own. And I remember so vividly, I just walked up to her. And I was just like, Miss Val, it's been my dream to be a UCLA gymnast and to be coached by you. Side, by the way, let me take it back one more step. Val had recognized me as that, as that young up-and-coming gymnast that had mm. gotten in a car accident. So she oh, knew my okay. history. She, okay. she knew, I was too young to be recruited at that time, but she knew my story. She knew who I was. She recognized me. So she knew that that was in my past. Mm-hmm. And I was breakdancing in the show, so it kind of all came together. So when I came up to her, there was some context to, to me, just not just some random dancer random being like, hey, uh, I, I can do gymnastics too. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I was like, you know, it's been my my dream to be a part of UCLA program, to be coached by you. Like, I don't know what I'm capable of doing today, but I will go back tomorrow if you'll let me have an opportunity to be a part of your program. She she asked me if I if I needed a scholarship. I said, nope, I, I would love to just walk on. Mm-hmm. And she said, you know, I've seen your work ethic with your director, um, our, our dance choreogra- choreographer and director. And she's like, I would take you on just for that. And that was the beginning of, like, this incredible journey. So, like, that week I got back into the gym. I decided I was going to graduate school, high school, a year early. Mm. So in eighth grade, I homeschooled um, for gymnastics. So oh, we were, we were training twice a week, um, like seven and a half hours a day, six days a week. So I was able to do my high school classes, and then I also did homeschool classes simultaneously for my junior and senior year graduated early walked on the team um, ended up competing in the all-around after I want to say a couple meets Um, she offered me a full-ride scholarship after my freshman year Mm, um, for my remaining years and um, trying to think and then nationals I placed uh, nationals of my senior year so my last meet I placed fourth in the nation. Oh my god! So, so this is like wow. I mean, <laughs> I <think laughs> I have so many questions. We've been we've been able to sort of witness this entire thing. I remember the exact day you got into that car accident. I remember where I was, who told me. I I remember it. It, it will always stand out to me. I, I was pretty young. I, you're like what four years older than me? I think. I think I was like nine when it happened. Okay. Um, yeah. So we've been kind of viewing this from a bird's eye view this entire time your whole life but to hear you recount your story like that is so inspiring and absolutely insane um which is why they made a movie about you but (laughs) we'll get into but it's just like i think the the common trend throughout your life has been this like perseverance and this an insane work ethic yeah like as that as miss val said Mm -hmm. this work ethic which kind of kind of outweighed all of the trot like it seemed like you were never going to give up you know it just like it was okay now it's dance now it's like it's just like you never gave up and that's i mean (laughs) oh my god yeah i mean thank god for my parents you know they were always so supportive oh my god totally and yeah i mean look when you get opportunities in life Mm -hmm. and you think that there's something there like you better take them Mm -hmm. before they Mm -hmm. go Mm -hmm. and you know I I'm pretty much like a yes person in life like I I have I want to experience anything and everything Mm -hmm. and that's just always how I've lived my life yeah and it's like oh really like you're gonna take a chance on someone that you have no idea can do anything for your program you don't really know me that well Mm -hmm. we we definitely had a connection because I think we both had that dance background and the gymnastics kind of background but for her to just be like yep let's Mm -hmm. do it yeah what do you think does that what do you think drew you like what do you think kept you coming back to either dance or gymnastics and like what what was that inside you because like no one works that hard at something especially that young that young and taking off time and it's exhausting not having a social the normal social yeah like so what do you think like what did you love and what do you still love about the sport and about dance totally i mean 
there's something to be said about working so so hard and the rewards you get out of it right. you know like mm-hmm. the, the 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 days that i remember especially in collegiate gymnastics are like the ones that were the hardest and like knowing you can get through that how accomplished you feel when you do that it's like mm-hmm. i was putting in the hours of training hard so hard you know giving up a social life giving up hours that i could have been at home with my friends and family mm-hmm. but look what i was getting i was like a top gymnast i was i was you know like winning things and like yeah. you know progressing and moving up in levels and like th- there's there's some th- there's a sense of accomplishment there mm-hmm. and the sport is like it's beautiful mm-hmm. and it's like you know you're coordinated and you're strong and you're graceful like there's so many just cool qualities in gymnastics mm-hmm. that I think just permeate through like normal life too like being confident and and have being in control of yourself and your body right. and time management, like all these things. Mm-hmm. And I just, I just love that. And, and dance is just my soul. Yeah. <laughs> like ever since I, I was. You, I remember you used to teach us when I was a You did that. You taught, you taught like an after that school so hip hop class with us. We, yeah. would, we would come over after the Jewish Academy, me and Adam Recht, shout out Adam Recht. <laughs> We were so uh, weird and young, and we would just do hip hop in your backyard. Oh my god, good times! Totally, I, I, I just remembered that. I think when, I, oh my gosh, Justin Mayo, your yes, yes, yes your you. cousin and I yes. were in the fourth grade talent show at the San Diego Jewish Academy. Got honorable mention, holler, um, <laughs> <laughs> and like we had um, actually a hip hop dancer who was who was actually in culture shock years ahead of us come over once a week to teach private lessons to Justin and I. Oh my God. Just because we both love dancing. He was a great dancer. He was. He went with me to hip hop class all the time. Yeah. He's a really good dancer. I remember you taught us a dance to cry me a river by Justin Timberlake. And I literally will, whenever I hear that song, I think about that (laughs) moment. Did somebody film that? Because I want to see records of that. I I wish I remember the choreography. I would pay so much money to see that. I was probably wearing like our PE uniform. Like, yeah. Yes. Okay. So all of this, has happened to your life and then someone comes to you and says hey we want to make a movie out of your life yeah how how did that happen how did that happen like tell us everything okay so what i found out after the fact so so i get a call random call from a guy who's you know i'm from san diego i live in san diego i heard your story through a mutual friend of your dad's i'll get into that in a second and she explained to me you know your story and i he, he does a lot of like disney esque films um come back feel good kind of stories and he's like I, i'm trying to do a series of films that have to that are based on a real story and that are come back and just like feel good inspirational stuff he's like so i want to make a movie about your life i'm like haha mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah <laughs> sure you're like okay uh, okay what? mr uh what was your name <laughs> you know and you know th- so basically the connection was my dad went to high school with this girl who ended up being the vp of, N- of regional networks i think of nbc mm-hmm. And um, she was on a project with Jeff Deverett, who was the executive producer of Full Out. And so they got to talking. He said he wanted to do this type of series with, you know, comeback stories and inspirational Disney-esque whatever. She told him my story, and then I got the call. Mm. So that was crazy. So And then he would be like, okay, well, it's in the works. You know, I'll be be in touch with you, okay? (laughs) Six months later, after everything's forgotten, hey, hey, Ari, it's still going. You know, now we're trying to get a writer now, but it's still going. Like, okay. Did you have mm-hmm. to sign off your rights or eventually. something? Eventually, okay, eventually, okay, okay. when it when three years later, when it actually did happen, yeah, wow, this was oh in the God. works for oh a yeah. while. Wow. Oh yeah, so that's why it was like when he told me, and then yeah, you were like, he would uh, resurface yeah. every six months to a year, and I'd be like, okay, I've heard that before. Right, you know, it's like right, right. one that just doesn't happen. Who makes who makes a movie about anybody's life? Yeah. You know, and who just like calls you out of the blue yeah. and like why is this important enough or like exciting enough or why are people interested? Like, mm. like. It, it was just, yeah, yeah. it was just crazy. So then he called me, I want to say like a month prior to filming. He's like, okay, it's happening. We're casting. Um, we're shooting in October. <laughs> this is, this is what's happening. We're going to do it in Toronto because he's Canadian actually. Yeah. Okay. And so is a director and like a, a large portion of the cast and crew were as well because they get tax benefits. Yeah. From a shooting lot there. of uh, films shoot there. Yeah. yeah. So he's like, okay, so we want you to be involved as much as you can. We obviously, I signed my life rights agreements and wow. you know we had a contract and everything and um i f- i took a leave of absence from work for a month 
like how cool is that they let me like i was working at fox i mean i still at fox sports but yeah, yeah, yeah. i was at fox sports and they're like sure yeah but like what is that yeah i mean it was pretty cool yeah so but, wait, but you did the the, the stunts the stunts which, which is was crazy cra- but like yeah. how much how much uh longer <laughs> after college was this because you hadn't done gymnastics too in a long while. too much longer yeah wow. yeah so, it was about five years. Wow. Later, and you had not done gymnastics for five years well, at that point. Okay. I did stunt work after okay. college, so it wasn't like... So mm. maybe it had been a few years. But still, but that's... But when you're 26 yeah. and you're trying to, to do the stuff you did when you were however yeah. old, like, Boy. it was no joke getting back. It took over a month just to get back into shape, like, wow. get back into it. But I'm so happy I did it. And, and Jeff, the you know our executive producer asked me if I wanted to do it. And it was like a tough decision. It was like, gosh, I have to motivate myself to get into the gym three to four days a week because mm-hmm. that's how you're going to do it in such a quick turnaround. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so I actually, um, I paid our um, our assistant coach that's there right now, Randy Lane, in wine, to, <laughs> to come in with me after like the girls' practices. Yeah. And I would come in t- you know, three, four days a week, and he would just train me. Wow, and, like, wow. I couldn't have done it without him. Amazing. That's hard to motivate yourself, especially when you're, p- like, so used to being part of a team mm-hmm. that, like, motivates each other. And it's like, oh, I got to get my ass to the gym right yeah. now and, like, do things I haven't done in forever. Mm-hmm. Like, can my body even do that anymore? I don't know. But it did. But shoot. <laughs> I don't know how, <laughs> but it did it. So when you saw the movie, were you, like, what were what was going through your mind was it just crazy? I don't know. I can't even imagine. Yeah. I mean, the funny thing is, is like I asked the director like before we started shooting, I was like, wait, so is the character's name Ariana Berlin? Yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah, yeah we were we were just watching. Uh, we were watching the trailer again just to refresh our members. And we were like, oh, my God, her name is actually Ariana. Yeah. Berlin. Like, it's weird. It doesn't even. And that, that was like crazy. And he's like, yeah, of course. It's like yeah. based on you. I'm like. Oh, that's really weird. <laughs> and like all the time on set, they kept going, Ariana, Ariana, Ariana. And I'm like, what, what, what? And they're like, no, no, not you. The Act- actor. actor. Yeah. Oh my and God. Anna Golia, who was like my mini me. I love. So oh, my cute. God. Like she was just in town. We got a quick lunch. I mean, we'll, she'll be in my life forever. She came. Did you meet her at the wedding? She no, was there I with her know, mom. I didn't see her. Yeah. And she was at the brunch the next day, too. Oh, shit. I didn't see her. The girl who looked like me. No, <laughs> yeah, right? She kinda, she, you guys look a lot alike. Yeah. Oh no, she, she was. I mean, I w- couldn't have asked for someone better. That she must be so surreal to see your story project onto the big ah, screen through somebody else's, you know what I mean? 100%. I mean, Amazing. and then, yeah, and then watching it for the first time, it's just like, you know, the story's based on my life and the mm-hmm. story. So, I mean, there's obviously parts that need to be fabricated mm-hmm. to make sense, like bringing the SeaWorld storyline and all these other random storylines to make, like, a comprehensive film probably mm-hmm. wouldn't have made sense. So, you know, like... The crew, the, the the names are different, and but there was a crew, and like how I actually got into dancing wasn't through my physical therapist; it was, you know, through I just taking classes, yeah, right, you know. Right, but there right. needed to be some like connective storylines totally. throughout, yeah, of course. Totally. But I mean, having my whole family like in Toronto, like sitting in the stands, like a, just being a part of a film about all of us, you know, my parents yeah, were in it. Yeah. Like it, it's just surreal, and just like. And Did that happen? Cr- and yeah, and it's so cool. You have this like record. You have like a d- something you could show your kids. You're like, this is a movie that was made after my life. Yeah, like that's an incredible heirloom. I love that. Yeah. Um. Okay. So now, how'd you get into Fox Sports and like what you're doing right now? And what are you even doing right now? So I'm a producer for like our originals, original content um, department it. at Fox Sports. Got it. And you started that right after college? I So I didn't start at Fox Sports right after college, but I was, so I was at UCLA when I graduated. I was always interested in film. I picked up a film minor. Mm. I started, I'm, I, w- I was super techie and I want to learn how to edit. Mm-hmm. And so I picked up, you know, Final Cut and then. I would always shadow, like, our athletic video department and help cut, like, our gymnastics pre-meet videos or that was on the big screen in, like, Poly Pavilion. Or I was always involved in some aspect because I just wanted to learn. And then when I graduated, I was hired, like, part-time as an associate editor. Mm. And so I just learned a ton about editing and film and just loved being in that atmosphere. And I get a call from the press officer of U.S. Women's National Soccer Team. And he's like, yeah, you know, this girl, Carrie Bradley, 
the daughter of the the old um, U.S. men's national team coach, who is she was the manager of UCLA soccer team, the women's mm. team. So she had passed my name along. He called me and he's like, "Do you want to, you know, do you want to travel with the women's national soccer team and do like their video content?" I'm like, huh, wow. "Yes." And I traveled for two years all around the world, probably 15 different countries. Went to the Olympics in London with them when they won gold. Wow. And I went to some countries you may or may not have heard of, like Azerbaijan. And <laughs> How can your life story go on even more? Like, <laughs> oh, damn. oh, my God. <laughs> we need like to get videos. our shit together. <laughs> no, no. Um, so, yeah, wow. and then from there it was just like went to NFL Network for for a period of time and then came back to Fox and now I've been at Fox for almost five years. Wow, that's so amazing. Oh my God. Also, I saw an, your brother posted an Instagram of you talking to Kobe. Oh yeah. How, that do you was know Co- how do you know Kobe? Okay, so this is really crazy. So before my car accident, I would go to, it's called active release technique. It's like a type of massage physical therapy thingy. And okay. his name's Dan Selstad. He's in San Diego. And before and after my car accident and throughout my collegiate career at UCLA, Mm -hmm. he saved my life. Like he, he, if you have any injury, go to him. It's done. It's fixed. Game over. He's incredible. And so this was still before I was at UCLA. And Dan tells me that he started working on Bill Walton and Luke Walton and Kobe. Uh, And let's just say Dan's called me in for a a couple appointments when those guys have been around. (laughs) Oh, my God. So good. So I've met all three of them. And look, I was 15. I was super young, maybe even younger than that. And I I remember talking to Kobe. This was after my accident, actually. So he kind of knew the story. But Mm. when I saw him at the Lakers game, he didn't remember that part. Yeah. But since then, Dan has been working on Kobe throughout his career and still mm-hmm. works on Kobe. So he drives up there and Kobe comes down to LA, I mean to San Diego. Oh. So Dan, I guess, told him about the girl that he had met when I w- a-, a while ago and that there's a movie about her life. And Dan has sent me like screenshots of text conversations between the two of them of Kobe saying, my kids love her movie. <gasps> they watch it full oh. out. Like, my God, she's got Mamba blood. I'm like, what? What? And yeah. And that's then, crazy. You know, it, he has his own production company. Yeah. I was talking about some like up and coming maybe gymnastics projects he'd want me to get involved oh. in. And so it kind of progressed a little bit. And then Dan texts me. He's like, Kobe's going to be calling you this week. <gasps> what? It, it didn't happen. Okay. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I was like, what? Oh. Okay. So it didn't God. happen. So, but Dan has always been keeping me in the loop with this. Yeah. So we were at the Laker game. My husband got great seats. And Kobe was, like, 15 feet from me. <gasps> and I'm like, people are coming up to him. Like, I don't want to be that person. Yeah. Like, uh. So I'm like, okay, let me text Dan and get a read on the situation. So okay. I text Dan. I was like, Kobe's, like, 15 feet away from me, crazy. And he's like, you have to go up to him. Oh, my God. I'm like, because I didn't know if he would actually know who I am. Like, it's only hearsay. Yeah, like, yeah. I don't want to be super stupid. So I'm like, okay. So I literally, <laughs> like, walked up to him. Patted him on the back, and I was like, Dan Selstad says, says hi. And he kind of looked at me, and I was like, I'm Ariana Berlin. And, like, as I'm saying <gasps> it, he stands up. He walks around everybody. He gives me a huge oh hug. God. And he's like, my kids love your movie. You're such an inspiration. I'm like, you're such an inspiration. <laughs> like, like, what do you mean? And he's like, I heard you got married. I'm like, oh, my God, my husband's right over there. It was just, he's like, you know, I'm working on this project. I I know. Dan's told me about it. Like, let me know. And he's, it was just like, wow. Is this real life? I don't think I said a peep the rest of the game. I was like, okay, my life. I'm like, you're done. That's it. (laughs) Crazy. Wow. Oh, my God. That was a cool moment. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, my God. Yes, I would agree. Yeah. Um, Okay. We have, oh, my God. We have been, wow. We've been chatting. Woof. Um, okay, we're gonna wrap up, but yeah. I want everyone to tell us where they can find you. But also, oh tell wait, us wait, where wait, no, I have one last question. Oh, she has one last um, question. This is so unrelated to everything we've been talking about, but I just need to ask you. Okay. Your skin, I'm sorry, mm-hmm. it just yeah. like what? looks like yes. an Instagram filter. Yes, yes. What Thank you. do you I'm do for the podcast listener? Okay. No, the only listener. I'm not gonna <laughs> help you at all. You don't do anything. Oh, yeah, <gasps> it's really yeah, bad. Okay, it's get really out bad. of this room. I, I th- I've you don't look. I just started like washing my face. What? Yeah, and now, okay. I'm actually convinced I've moved it's on genetics. To I'm make done up. spending money on skincare. It's this genetics. shit's genetics. <laughs> it's fine. I've definitely it's lucked out. I've definitely yeah. Sorry, wow. sorry, listener. That okay, uh, that was just making me feel great <laughs> about my life. Well, Thank you. Thank all you. right, great, <laughs> great. 
Okay. Uh, okay, yeah. So tell everyone where they can find you, where they can find the the movie and yes, everything all like of that. it. Okay, so you can find the movie. It's on Netflix. It's called Full Out. Check Ooh. it out. It's awesome, if I might say so myself. Um, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at, at Ariana Berlin. And is that it? Yeah, that's it. She also has a Wikipedia oh, page. Yeah. I also have a wine and dine Instagram, but oh, I never use, but maybe I'll start using it again. Yes, you should. I remember I when you to. posted that. I know. I just like, it's a lot of work. It's like a second job. It is. I became uh, like, yeah. I got on Yelp. Mm-hmm. I got a Facebook for it. I got like all yeah, these platforms. It's a lot. I'm like, I'm going to do this. I was like, it's, it's so, too much. It's so hard to keep yeah. up. But um, it's at wine and dine. Wine and then N and then dine LA. <laughs> okay. Nice. Got it? We're all following um, you. I just <laughs> realized that Ariana is actually polymathic. Yeah, you are. Oh, my God. So polymathic is like the word of the podcast. It means like you have a diverse set of interests and that you are well, you're well versed in like a wide range of things of subject matters. And what's the word again? Polymathic. Polymathic. Is this an actual word? Yes. Yes. And Shoot, this I'm is just literally sorry, like guys. this is <laughs> the Fantastic highest compliment you can Dance get on this podcast. Film, wow. Wine, food, sports, like producer. It's too much. You Editing. say yes to everything, and then you have a lot of interest. Great advice. You know? Great advice. Great say advice. yes to everything. Say yes to everything, guys. Okay. okay, where can they find you, Mads? I mean, you guys know. Okay, that's great. <laughs> Maddie Mayo. <laughs> you can find me at Scout Sobel, and you can find OKSIS at OKSIS Podcast. This was so fun. Thank Thanks, you guys. Thank you. Love you guys. <laughs> Hey there, I'm Dr. Tracy Dalgleish, clinical psychologist and couples therapist. If there's one thing I know from both my personal and clinical experience, it's that we are really good at comparing ourselves to others. We tend to get stuck in the unhelpful narratives that play on repeat in our minds, and we struggle to set boundaries and create healthy love. Each week, I bring you clinical knowledge and evidence-based research, experiences of sitting in the therapist chair, and being a wife, mother, and business owner to talk about everyday issues we all face to help you you change the dialogue in your life. Tune in every Thursday to I'm Not Your Shrink wherever you listen to podcasts. While I'm not your shrink, I am still human and I'm excited for us to be in our vulnerability and humanness together.